Be Noreen Mayer on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guest of today. Now, in the next 15 minutes or so, I'm really delighted to be talking to forensic anthropologist Winsome Lee. And we will learn more about how the dead can continue to tell their stories and how helping them to be properly identified can bring comfort to the families of the deceased. Now, Winsome is also one of the awardees of the 2021 Hong Kong Humanity Award, which is organized by the Hong Kong Red Cross and also RTHK. Welcome to the program, Winsome. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Hi, and thank you for having me, Noreen. It's so lovely to, to meet you here. Now, I should say we are also live uh, this afternoon on Facebook as well. So I'd love for our listeners to join us. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. Um, so perhaps um, a very big congratulations on your award, Winston. Thank you. How, thank you. Thank you so much. How are you feeling having received the Hong Kong Humanity Award? It's such an achievement. Um, I mean, it's such an honor, and I think this uh, award is not just belong to me, but also all the forensic anthropologists work in the world right now, because um, we have different casualties and disasters happening or happened in the world every day, every year, and these people are actually working very hard to try to keep the closure for the family and trying to identify the. Um, deceased or the persons that are being um you know uh in this kind of um a tragedy i will say um so yeah they they deserve this as well and of course the scholars right before me they um laid the ground for all the research and all the techniques we had used so yeah this should be shared with them yeah. Now, when we think about forensic, it, it's sort of very CSI. Um, we think about bones, we think about corpses. It could just be a misconception that we are sort of misled by TV. Um, so can you share with us what exactly is forensic anthropology? No, no, no. The, that, that's not a misconception. That's actually quite um, accurate when we're talking about CSI and bones. Um but it's not just about that. So forensic anthropologists actually trying to identify or find the identity of the deceased or whoever that was being not identified, the unknown on Jane Doe or John Doe. So uh, in short, we're trying to name the set of bones and name the set of remains. And the best results, the most ideal result will be return it back to their families for their pro- uh, proper burial. So it's based on the basic respect and dignity that everybody comes to this world should have so yeah this is basically our main goal okay so what is the role of a forensic anthropologist what do you do um we worked in different places so we do work in the mortuary um or medical examiner office um, for very obvious reason we identify the unknown remains and trying to tell their stories um, other than that, we also work in laboratories or cemetery, especially um, where we're talking about mass graves or commingled graves. So we're trying to exhume or excavate the um, buried remains and trying to identify them. So everything uh, begins with giving it a profile, including sex, age, stature, which is the height, as well as ancestry of that particular set of remains. And then from there, we'll try to learn um, 
the maybe the disease or the traumas that we can retrieve from the set of remains. Uh, try to learn as much details as possible to help us uh, put together a fuller picture of the disease or the missing person. It's so fascinating how much bones can tell us, you know, from I it mean, does, even looking yes. at dental records, um, and you can sort of identify the, the, the person. Can, can you sort of tell how they've they died? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Sometimes um, we were able to retrieve the cause of death as well because different sort of weapons or different uh, manners uh, or causes will leave some sort of marks on the set of bones, but not always. So cause of death is becomes a second. Our priority is to find the identity. But yes, yes, uh, we do sometimes can observe that and retrieve that as well. Yeah, it's such a fascinating and interesting and, and unusual profession. Um, I don't think I've ever spoken to a forensic anthropologist uh, before. <laughs> How did you get started in this, Winsome? Um, well, when I was very little, I actually already very much like to read anything about detective stories. And I like to learn about human anatomy. But I didn't know what I want to do. Um, and then Bones, the TV show, came into my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched it. I found it very interesting. Um, the interesting point is that I never thought I can tell so much from a set of Bones. And then it seems like a magic. I was like trying to decipher, um, you know, some codes and trying to put into together puzzles. It's like solving mystery. So, um, this pretty much just, yeah, get me hooked and I, I'm, I haven't been out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we said it was such an interesting profession. I, I'm sure it's quite challenging to be one. What, what sorts does, of yes. challenges have you come across? Um, for us, for example, in Asia, it is not very well known. So um, there is not much opportunity um, for us to be part of. I mean, we can always travel and all that, but we are talking about Asia that's not very well known, especially in Chinese culture. It is, uh, death is a very taboo subject. So to get people understand what you're doing and to get the people from your culture understand what you're doing is quite challenging. Um, I mean, death in different culture is always, you know, something forbidden or not very often to talk about, not only in Chinese, but since we're here. Um, so yeah, um, in different part of the world, people may not know what exactly you're doing. The, the thing that we're doing, excavating, exhuming, may violating some of their religious teachings, for example, and they will challenge you who gave you the right to do that, who permit you to do that. So we have to always, um, you know, be rational and trying to explain to them, but also at the same time, be very understanding. Trying to find a balance between the two is always the most difficult part. Yeah, I'm so glad you, you raised that point, Winston, because it's true. Uh, death is seen as a taboo in, in so many cultures, um, yeah. probably especially Chinese, especially, um, oh, and uh, I mean, suppose globally as well. But death is a part of life. I mean, it's, it's a cycle. It's a circle. Um, how can we sort of get people to talk about it more openly? And, and how do you, when you are sort of excavating the bones, how do you start that conversation that, you know, you're there to, to try and help, to, to try and help the deceased? Um, 
In general, I do recommend people try to read and talk about it. Um, read more about it. Um, it's a very good way because, especially when you know more about what is going to happen after you are stopping or your heart stop beating, then you will somehow reassert you that oh, that's nothing very um, weird or very uncommon. Everybody goes through the same stages as long as we're in the same sort of environmental condition. Um, so no more definitely help you fight the uncertainty and the anxiety of don't know what will happen, the unknown, basically. Um, but if we're talking about working in uh, overseas or how to get people understand us, we always start with telling them, they start oh, always start with like challenging you, who gives you the right to do that. Uh, we'll get, tell Why them, have okay, you come to our place? To... Yeah. Exactly. Um, but in some of the cases or some of the projects I've been worked with, they actually have a very strong humanitarian reason behind. For example, in some countries, they don't do cremations because of their uh, religion um, teachings or religious teachings. So they only recycle graves. And to recycle graves, someone will have to dig it out. So we're actually doing that for them, for the church, and then trying to provide more space for the uh, families to, to, to bury the new you know, uh, deceased in. So we're trying to let them know that we actually doing uh, a humanitarian act rather than just playing around and doing a grave digging for no particular reason. So most of the time after talking with them for a little while, they understand and they're like, oh, okay. I mean, they're not like accepting what you're doing, but then they understand what you're doing. And that that's a really space. A very big progress. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That's so interesting, Winston. What do they do with the bones then? I mean, say, I mean, is there a, a, a 20 or 30 year limit as to how many years those, those uh -huh. bodies can be buried for until they're dug up? And then what happens to, to what happens to the bones? Um, it depends on the countries or the authorization uh, authority um, policies. Um, so some of the countries, they do have like seven to 10 years limit. So basically it's a time period that allows the body to decompose into or skeletonize and then they would duck it up. Otherwise you were digging up a decomposing Bodies, body, which yeah. is not, yeah, not very pleasant. Um, but after digging it up, uh, people can either rent a place to like a um, columbarium to put it in like um or they they don't if they don't want to retrieve it yet they can put it into an ossuary and then they can come back and retrieve it once they're ready for burial some of them will just bring up to different countries or bring up to other places that have the cremation service to have them cremate into ashes and they will store it into the urn and the columbarium again so um yeah, they 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 were being treat, uh, They they would retrieve it and then do whatever that the family wants them to do. And um, some of them are not being, um, you know, retrieved back. Uh, store in the ossuary until maybe even for now it's like fifty or sixty years later they're still there. Um, we're not. Yeah, we're not throwing them away. Definitely not. But um, they're still there and waiting. Someday someone will come and. 
pick them up and go back home. Yeah. Well, this afternoon, I'm really delighted to be chatting with forensic anthropologist Winsome Lee. And uh, Winsome is also one of the awardees of the 2021 Hong Kong Humanity Award, which is co-organized by Hong Kong Red Cross and also RTHK. Winsome, you've really traveled around the globe, um, you know, promoting humanitarian uh, efforts that, that, that you're doing. You've traveled to East Timor, Poland, Cyprus, Somaliland. I'm sure our listeners would really like to hear some stories and some highlights perhaps or, or some memorable um, uh, cases that, that you've worked uh, with. Can, can you share some with our listeners? Sure. Um, one of the cases I've worked in East Timor is very um, significant to me is because, you know, when we're talking about we're trying to identify the, the person, oh, I mean the disease, it is a very ideal state when we're talking about we can give them back the identity and the family can retrieve it. Most of the cases, about 80%, they are still like living, lying in the ossuary or in the lab. Because um, other than what we are doing, it also relies on heavily on the families. If they were willing to come forward, provide us more details, DNA samples for us to cross-match, etc. But... Um, Occasionally, especially in East Timor, because they went through a war and people either uh, moved away or they are being like they are dead, um, or they, you know, they they want to search for their family but they don't know where to start with. So um, I remember one of the one of the weeks when I was there, um, I go through at least five to six cases in total by the end of the week, and none of them were able to uh, establish a very solid uh, biological profile for me to identify them. And it was very discouraging, to be honest, because you keep thinking, what did you do wrong? Did I miss something? Was I not good enough? You start, you know, self-blaming a lot because you think like, okay, that should be something. There has to be some problem that I'm not doing right so that I cannot give out an answer or some answer to, to questions. I have more questions to ask instead of more answers to answer those questions. Um, so at the end, I was very discouraged. And then one set of the remains, I suddenly found, I, I think I, I just overseas it before, but then I just suddenly saw that there is a piece of lucky charm. It's like this big, not that big, but it doesn't very eye like appealing because it's like an ivory color i thought it's part of the bones at the very beginning but then the shape doesn't look like it there's they have all the bones that's supposed to be in place um so i start wondering what it is and then i went to the police officer that i worked with and asked him okay what is this can you tell me and then um he said oh it's one of the lucky charms that the people have here um and and then i said is this very like their personal or each family will have a different one they were and he was like yeah each family will pick one particular lucky charm for that particular person just to guard them through i mean apparently that didn't work because it ended up with me but but um that would be a very significant evidence for us to identify the family um for example if we put out a poster and a notice saying that there is such a piece of lucky charm there uh if the family members come across it and then they recognize that piece that will give us some sort of idea who that was um so that for me is 
it's like the cloud was like you know just went away the the great clouds that were just ran away it's just like a piece of silver lining like it's just brightened up my day um because i felt like the whole week was so bad like i, I did something wrong it should have been i did something wrong and then it should be i missed out something i'm not that good enough but suddenly i found out this one particular important piece of evidence that can probably i cannot say it will but it probably can lead us somewhere so um the police did help us to put out the the, the poster and i don't know if they came the family came forward um when i was when i left but um i heard that there were some people was asking about it so that's a good start and that particular piece of lucky charm for me is my lucky charm now because <laughs> it just made me feel so much better at the very end of that week. That's yeah. so heartwarming to hear, Winsome, because, you know, once the self-doubt starts to creep in, you, yes. it, it, you know, there's no way out and you feel so responsible and, and it's been a whole week. Exactly. Um, and it's so good that you finally found that bit of clue and, and evidence and really a start to, to identifying. And it's so amazing how it's unique to that to that family. So there's no doubt that if that family yeah. sees it, they'll know that that's their family member. Yeah, that's so, like, that's definitely a mood changer, basically. Yeah. Well, finally, I'd like to sort of relate this back to the um, awards. You know, how how are your plans to promote humanitarian spirit to more people in the future? Um, I hope that people know that actually humanitarian work doesn't only, doesn't have to be something really big. So a small step from each of us in the community will make a big difference. Um, I did publish a book like a few years ago. Yes, you did. Um, yes, <laughs> particularly focused on the humanitarian aspect of being a forensic anthropologist and the humanitarian portion in forensic anthropology. Um, I tried to let the public know that other than solving crimes, other than trying to do those cool investigation, you know, decoding stuff, we actually focus on um, treating people as a person, like with dignity and respect. Um, not only when they are alive, but they when they are dead, they still deserve to be treated as that way. Um, I also went to school, I also go to schools to do like talks and usually start with talking about mummies because mummies are very fascinated to every student and every person. But deep down, we have to think about they should be treated with respect as well, though um, they are like dead for thousands of years, but they were a person or they were people once. So um, hopefully trying to use some interesting stories can stimulate people to think that what they exactly should be using an attitude when they're trying to, um, uh, you know, talking to people about mummies or dead person and how should they behave when they see one. Yeah. yeah. Winsome, remind our listeners once again, have you got, I know you're active on Instagram, I know you're on social media and you've got a website. Can you share um, that with our listeners and for our listeners who want to know more about you and your work, how can they follow you? Oh, sure. Um, on Facebook, it, my Facebook page is called The Bone Room. Um, it's literally where you put bones in. And then for the Instagram, that will be winsome underscore bone room. That will be my public 
uh, Instagram page. That would be great if people can follow me. Yeah, it's yeah. been such a pleasure. It's been such an honor to talk to you. I look forward to inviting you back on uh, next time to talk more about your book. And mummies is a really fascinating topic. And we'll talk about uh, respect for the mummies uh, perhaps another time. And I look forward to having you back on. Once again, a really big congratulations to you. What an honor. What an achievement. And that's Winsome Lee, forensic anthropologist, who's also one of the awardees of the 2021 Hong Kong Humanitarian.